Now we are beginning a series on the book of Psalms. We're doing four weeks on the book of Psalms. Now, the book of Psalms is uh, it's huge. It's 150 chapters long. If you read your Bibles, you will know um, that there's sandwiched right in the middle of your, of, your, of your Bible. So it's literally sandwiched by everything else around it. Uh, there's 150 Hebrew poems, songs, and prayers. Okay, so these are the Hebrew poems, songs, and prayers. There are 150 of them um, tomorrow, not tomorrow, next week. I'll talk a little bit more about the way the book of Psalms is structured and maybe add a few more uh, uh, um, insights about how we can think about the structure of the Psalms um, in this book. But they are authored by many people. We often attribute the Psalms uh, to David. King David wrote about half of all the Psalms, okay? Um, but the rest were written by others, right? Um, and we'll talk about that more in the next four, three times we gather to talk about the book of Psalms. Now, if you come from a traditional church, you may have grown up singing the psalms and it's true that the psalm, the psalms used to be put to music when you flip through uh, the book of psalms you'll see a, a little liner note as the first verse of quite many psalms a masquil of david uh, a, a this of that a hymn you know uh, to be sung at the temple to be sung while walking to, up to the temple and little other musical notes like that they were put to song Right? And even long after the time of its authorship, they continued to be put to song. Today, we've got psalms uh, that are sneaking their way into songs, and it's great. You know, they're not so obvious. We don't get up and say, we're going to sing uh, uh, Psalm um, 42, you know, but we get up and we sing, as the deer panteth for the water, right? And that is Psalm 42, right? Uh, we get up and sing psalms like Psalm 18, where we say, I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you, Lord, my shield. I'll love you, Lord, my rock. You know, that is Psalm 18. And so we continue to sing the psalms, perhaps not in as overt a way as, uh, as the church used to, but long may this uh, 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 culture I was going to say tradition, right? But I, I don't want to scare you with long may this tradition continue. Long may this culture continue. It is a Christian, deeply biblical culture for us to sing the words of the Psalms. And today, we are going to look into that. Now, for the next three weeks, this week and the next uh, four, when I say four, I really mean five because Easter weekend is sandwiched in between. Okay, let's look at the next. Oh, sorry, just one more point. Okay, it's okay. Let's stay on this. Let's stay on this. Thanks, broadcast. Okay, um, for the next three weeks um, where, where we do uh, 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 the Psalms, we're going to be looking at today, praise Psalms, thanksgiving Psalms. And these are the Psalms that, give, that, that help us, give voice to us to express our joy, our gratitude, you know, our, 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 our assurance that God is good and our expectation experience of seeing God being good. It helps us to build our faith. And then next week, we're going to swing to the diametric opposite of the mood scale, of the color chart, right? We're going to be looking at Psalms of lament. Now, you may be thinking, saying, huh? Go to church, can lament one up, you know? Go to church, can, can grumble, can complain, one you know? And those will be the Psalms where you, that give you voice for when you are feeling crushed, give you voice or when you're feeling confused and scattered, defeated, hemmed in on all sides by one thing or another where you don't know what to deal with the pressures around you, you know, and you're feeling down and blue. You have a voice. The Psalms give you that voice. And then on the third week, we'll be looking at uh, the devotional Psalms. Now, now, the third one is the Psalms of devotion. Those are the love songs, right? You, how many of you guys... You've got your favorite love song. I'm not talking about like your favorite Christian love song, which is like, how could I live without you? That's your Christian love songs, right? 
Oh, I'm talking about your, 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 the, the other love songs that you grew up listening to on the radio, the ones that go, how could I live without you? Those ones. I'm talking about those ones. Now, if you've got a favorite love song, can you say it in the chat? Say in the chat. Just, just go to your fingers. Tell us on the chat what is your favorite love song. Because on the third week where we cover, say it in the chat. Oh, <laughs> I love you, baby. Right. <laughs> what, what else have we got? I, I am looking at this. Right. Um, nobody's sharing. Oh, come on. Sarah Young's the only one. Okay. Now, those, that will be the week where we look at the love songs of God's people. How they well up in, in confidence, in adoration, in affection, in loyalty and fidelity. Those are really all the stuff of any love song. Whether you're singing it to someone you love, your lover, whether you're singing it to your God, whether you're singing it to your bride, like in Song of Solomon, whether, wherever you see it, there's a, there, there is a voice the bible gives us a voice um to 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 give rise and word to our devotion and then we're going to end on the justice psalms the psalms where we look at the world around us we say it's so wrong why like that right those are the why like that psalms right and and where you well up in righteous anger and even what can almost feel like righteous vengeance right and we're going to look into um the psalms that speak of 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 wow What's wrong? God, why are you like that? You're seething, you're helpless, you're looking at injustice, maybe even in injustice of God, maybe feeling even betrayed, betrayed even by God, right? And guess what? God lets you speak like that. He gives us the Psalms of justice and anger and what the, what the, the theologians call the imprecatory Psalms, the Psalms where you even wish a uh, 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 um, uh, disaster to happen on evil, right? Um, so, We'll look into that. This is a quick snapshot of the next four weeks when we are in the Psalms. If you're new to us, join us so that at least join us for this series so that you can really go back into this big middle book of the Bible and really start to enjoy reading it, singing it, and having your devotion through it. Now, one of the difficulties with the book of Psalms is that they are, as I said earlier, Hebrew poems. They are Hebrew poems, right? And so, if you're translating poetry, it's not so straightforward. Broadcast, stay on this slide first, okay? If you're translating poetry, it's really not so straightforward. And I can tell you this, because I'm a little bit of a minor level nerd on Bible translations, okay? Minor level nerd on the translation process. And I can tell you, whenever you read Bible translators talk about their translation methodology and philosophy, they are translating for meaning. They are always translating to get the best meaning possible. And so you will have some translators who translate as close to the original Greek or Hebrew, word for word, so that you get close to the actual words you're, you're going for, right? Because the idea is that when I get the actual words, I'm putting less of myself, the translator, in, and I'm letting the words speak for themselves. And then everyone gets to do their interpretation that way. And that is entirely valid approach. There's another opposite end of that spectrum, is to translate um, your Bibles by meaning. So instead of translating word by word, you, you ingest that whole line or that whole verse and then you try to understand the original meaning and your, your translation will likely be a lot more readable, but it does insert a little bit more of the translator's interpretation of the meaning into it. And so you've got uh, translations of the Bible from NASB, the New American Standard uh, Bible Translation, which is very word for word, ESV somewhere there, RSV, NRSV, um, KJV, NKJV, they're all around there, a little bit more word for word, and then somewhere in the middle, you've got um, the rest, and then uh, the, uh, the, the ones that are a bit more dynamic, idea for idea, um, it's a bit more like the NIVs, NLTs, um, and then you've got like message and passion, which are like totally uh, far out, they're paraphrases, not even translations, right? So, so that's a little bit about Bible translations. Now, I said earlier, when most Bible translators translate, they are going for meaning. But when you are translating poetry, 
I have this, I have this thick uh, uh, anthology of Pablo Neruda's uh, uh, poetry, right? And then the translators will write their translation notes. Now, uh, I, I don't envy translators translating poetry because you don't just have, your job is not just to translate meaning. Your job is to translate art. How do you translate art? Because the poet clearly is doing something with language. They're doing something with the rhythm, the meter, the, the word, sometimes the rhyme, sometimes one thing or another. So I'm going to give, show you how difficult it is and how some of the problems are when translating poetry. And I've plucked out a poem in BM because most of us will know BM, right? Okay, so let's just give this a try. I've got a few lines in BM, okay? This is a poem and it goes like this. Rasa macam tak kena. Arus antara kita berdua tak kena mengena. Right? So this is a poem in BM. How are you going to translate this in BM into English, right? Okay? I'm going to try it. I attempted three, three translations of this into English, okay? I'm going to start with a word-for-word -word translation. Okay, you're going to laugh at this, right? Okay? I start with the worst one, okay? Word-for-word -word translation. Uh, let's click through and let's see this one. Okay? Um, the feeling is like it isn't touching. The currents between the two of us aren't connecting to each other. Now, you've got the word for word. Okay, every word that every idea that seems that needs to be translated has been translated quite literally, okay? Um, but you'll see that the meaning is even not really quite there and it's very wooden. Okay, it's very wooden. Now I gave this a second go, okay, to translate it um, meaning for meaning. Okay, so I hope you you get a better uh, translation of the of what is actually happening in this BM poem. Okay. Let's let's have a look. Translation number two. Let me read the original again. Rasa macam tak kena. Arus antara kita berdua tak kena mengena. It doesn't feel quite right. The currents between us are irrelevant. Okay, so that's meaning for meaning. I think it's a little bit less clunky uh, than the word for word, but it still feels a little bit technical. Like words are irrelevant. It's like, yeah, but you know, if you if, if you appreciate poetry, um, you will you will see that some of these words here aren't really artistic words, right? And so I gave it a third go, okay? But the third go requires me to prioritize the artistry of the original, right? The 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 the, the poetic intent, and and so. I give it a go, it comes at a cost. I'm going to have to sacrifice some of these words in BM a little bit. So let's have a go. Let's take a look. Rasa macam tak kena, arus antara kita berdua tak kena mengena. Something's not clear. The two of us, though here, don't cohere. Okay, so that's an attempt, right? It's an attempt. At uh, translating this, uh, clearly, I'm trying to retain the rhyming pattern of the original, but I've, I, I have I've not bothered to try to keep the rhyme the same sound. You know, I'm just trying to go for what 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 helps the best, right? So it's an attempt, okay? But you'll know that one more click, you'll see that most Bible translations don't go near translation three approach because it requires tampering with the text too much, okay? The result and result of it is, frankly. People always tell me that the Psalms are beautiful Hebrew poetry. I've never quite felt it. Now, maybe you have felt it and that's good for you. Okay, it's, like, it's really good if you felt it. I've always felt um, that it's not, doesn't quite work. And maybe it's the translations I've been reading. Maybe they are a little bit more wooden. Um, and maybe I should read different translations, right? So, so I'll talk more about translations and the Psalms next week and the, and the weeks to come. But today, I hope you get the feeling, okay, that it's just, it, it, it's really not so straightforward, but we're going to get through it, right? We are. Okay, so today we are in the Psalms of praise, the praise Psalms, right? And because we're in the praise Psalms, uh, we are going to, I'm going to show you Psalms that shout out, that show us the people, Hebrew people giving voice to their joy and their satisfaction with God and all that. But just a few things to note. Now, when we say that the Psalms give voice to us to pray, we must understand one fascinating thing. The Psalms were the prayers of the ancient people. They, they are the prayer journal of the people who spoke to God. These were the actual words of people speaking to God, to them, to God, right? And so it's quite strange. On one hand, these are the words of people speaking to God. 
And these now become the words of us speaking to God. In other words, when you pray the Psalms, you are praying not just the same words, but you are praying the same heart, you are praying the same cry as the actual ancients themselves, as King David himself. And I think we need to put pause and just realize this for a moment. Wow! The same words. It's like playing a YouTube video of, of, of King David praying and then just repeating the same prayer, you know, um, that he prays. And, and to really just think about it in that sense is quite amazing. We always say that in the Bible, God speaks to us, you know, and that is so true. And he continues to speak to us through the Psalms. But in the Psalms, it is not just God speaking to us. On a more immediate level, it is us speaking to God. And I think we want to show you through the book of Psalms that God allows us to speak and He, through the Psalms, gives us voice to speak about a huge range of things happening all around us. And you can look into the Psalms and pretty much find something for any place you are in, right? And that's what this whole series is all about. Now, I used to think it was weird to praise God. I used to think it was very, very strange to praise God. In fact, I wasn't always a Christian. If you know my story, I, came, I became a Christian. I came to the Lord at the age of 22. And before I was 22, um, I found Christians to be very weird people, right? Strange, and the songs they sing are, 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 are different. And I don't know why they say the things they say. Um, my first introduction to a praise uh, um, a praise song um, was the year 2000 hit by this gospel duo called Mary Mary, right? It's called Shackles. How many of y'all know the, the song Shackles, right? Right? Um, Take the shackles off my feet so I can dance, right? I want to praise you. You guys know this song? How many of you, if you know this song, just uh, raise your hand, wave, you know, I can't see it, right? Right? Yeah, you broke the chain so I can lift my hands, right? I'm like, wow, what? what? Why are they praising God? Like, like, okay, yeah, I don't understand. I just didn't get it. But I just know that Christians are exuberant about saying that God is good. And then I became a young Christian and I, I discovered that God desires us to praise Him, right? And then this little thought started worming into my head where He asked His people to praise Him. And I started thinking like, hey, this God quite egomaniac, huh? He asked people to praise Him. What's... What, 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 is, is there something wrong? You know, does, is he insecure? Is he always like needy and wanting people to praise him? Does he, does he feed off the praises and alu aluan of people? You know, does it, does it make him feel like good about himself? If not, he'll feel blue, you know? Is that, is that our God? And then I heard a podcast say, asking, is God a megalomaniac? And I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly uh, the question I've had on my mind for many, for years, right? And I heard more people, more and more people started to articulate um, actually why does God ask us to praise him now you praise good things we all praise good things and we saw in the Proverbs that if you flatter something that shouldn't be flattered you're harming them and you're harming yourself as well right you'd be crushed right and so it hit me um, after hearing a few different voices talk about this that God is the greatest is God the greatest right Come on, physical crowd, they can't hear you. It's God the greatest. Yeah. Right? Right? Gosh, I'm, I, 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 wish, I wish I was the kind of preacher who would go, Can I have a witness? It's God the greatest. Testify. Somebody testify. I, I, I am not. I'm a, I'm a Chinese brother, right? And Chinese brothers are not reputed for their ability to be, to, to, to be improvisational and, and, and crazy, right? We just don't, we just don't have that, that, that's, that thing for us. But, but I started thinking, okay, is God the greatest? Yes, He is. If God, if God is the greatest, would it be right or wrong for us? Okay, firstly, is it important for us to acknowledge greatness? Yes. Come on. Is it, is it important for us to acknowledge greatness? Yes. Yes. Is it important for us to acknowledge that which is greatest as that which is greatest? Yes. If God is the greatest and He's totally good, would it be right or wrong for Him to ask us to not praise that which is greatest? 
Whoa, okay. Okay, you see where this is coming. Now, if God came and said, Ayah, no need la, I'm not that great la, you know, uh, you go pray something else, go praise KFC chicken, right? Instead of praising me, right? Would, would he be assigning the right or the wrong value to what you ought to praise? The wrong value. If he is truly the greatest, he ought to ask you to praise him. It would be the only right thing for that which is greatest to expect. And it would be wrong. And actually, it would be counterfeiting, leading you into error if he asks you to praise something else rather than to praise him. Now, the reason why we find this very, very obnoxious is because we've all met smug, arrogant, braggy people and we don't like that. And I understand, it's true, I don't like that too. So why is it that God can and we cannot? Because God is the greatest. He actually is the greatest. And He is the original for which every braggy person you have met is a varying form of counterfeit. That's why when we see the counterfeits, we recoil. But when you praise that which actually deserves praise, that is right. And it is not just right in the world, it is right for yourself. Every time you praise that who, he who, not just that which, but he who is truly the greatest, you are correcting your soul. Everything in your heart, your being, your mind is being shaped in a chiropractic way. You are being brought back to the actual correct posture that we ought to have and then over time that will go out of shape and we start loving the things of this world more and more but then we keep coming back to the praise psalms and to the other parts where god says no praise that which is absolutely true and good and best and that is me and he does that with no megalomania no egomania no 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 uh, uh, um a pride problem because he is perfect and it's hard for us to get this but it is true Amen, somebody got to praise. No, I'm not going to, this is not going to hang around. Forget something, it's not going to work this into his style. All right, let's, let's look at some praise. Let's look at some praise. Now, the first point is that praise comes from a reason. Now, if you've ever heard a worship leader or a pastor, uh, uh, somebody, a prophet, uh, somebody say, come on, give praise, come on, give praise. Say the Lord is good. God is good all the time, all the time. God is, and you know what? If you do that too much, you actually start, stop thinking about why you're praising. You just start saying it. And as Christians, if you're a Christian for a long time, you learn the language of praise. You learn the habits of praise. And you just go to auto church mode where you just autopilot walking. Oh, okay, come on. Yeah, God is good. Yeah, okay. And praise the Lord. You know, everything is just, you just say all the things that you're accustomed to saying. But we don't realize that that's not how the praise psalms teach us to praise God. How the praise sounds preacher teaches to praise God is that he calls you to prayer, yes, and then he, he puts, he being God, right, puts really solid, meaty, strong reasons why you should praise God. And those reasons are not just objective reasons that are out there. Those reasons are real reasons that pertain to your life your salvation, your walk with Him, your trauma, your trouble, your accident, your pain, your grief, and how He lifted you out of that slavery, out through the waters of whatever you were enslaved uh, 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 in. And He takes you out. And because of that, you can be set free. That's why put the shackles off my feet so I can dance. I can praise you. Now, because He broke the chains, I can lift my hands. I want to praise you. That's what praise is. It comes from a reason. I'm going to show you four praise psalms, right? I'm not going to read the whole thing. They're all very long. Psalm 100. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. Now, usually pastors like me will stop there. We just want to get the church to shout a praise. But verse 3 I colored it differently, now gives you the reason. Because He made us. We are His. Don't you long to belong to someone? Ever had a lover break up with you and it feels so painful because you no longer belong to someone? He made us. We are His. We are His people. The sheep of His pasture. 
And then he invites us to praise again. Enter his gate with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. And then he says this, for, every time you see for, you need to see what that for is there for. For the Lord is good. That's why you praise He's good. His faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness endures through all generations. That's why you praise. One more psalm. Let's look at the next one. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all the nations. Glorify Him, all His peoples. Why? Why do you praise Him? For His faithful love to us is great. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Hallelujah. One more psalm. One more psalm. Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is Your name throughout the earth. You have covered. Oh, what's the reason? Why is Your name majestic throughout the earth? Because... You have covered the heavens with your majesty. From the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have established a stronghold on account of your adversaries in order to silence the enemy and the avenger, my friends. Every single one of us used once upon a time to be trapped in prisons of darkness. And if you were, if you were not raised in a Christian family, then you, like me, will have an experience of what it's like to walk out of the valley of shadow of death, walk through the sea of death, Death and come out on the other side and say, I have left it behind. I'm going to praise the Lord. And if you grew up in a Christian home, you may not have that story, but you have your story. You have your story of an addiction. You have your story of a grief. You have your story of depression. You have your story of a, of a wound, a betrayal. You have your story. Every single one of us has a story. And that's why King David cries out in Psalm 51, Remind me again of the joy of my salvation. Come on, church, do you have? Are you saved, people? Yes. Do you remember what, what led you to be saved? Not always. When you remember why and how you were saved, does joy return to you? Yes, it does. That's the reason why we praise Him. So every time we come to church, let's have a culture that goes beyond just the normal. The normal is we just say, oh, praise the Lord, God is good. But as Abikel, as Sungai Bulo, every time we come to church, if we are going to say God is good, we're going to say God is good, man. He's so good. You want to know why? Because. And then you share your story. Now, you don't have to do that every time. You can just greet people like normal, but have have a reason for your praise, right? Let it be, 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 be there. Now, I want to go on. I want to go on. I don't want to take too long and belabor the point. One more psalm, and I'm going to show you something. Now, one more psalm, 103. My soul, bless the Lord, bless, and all that is within me, bless His holy name, right? We know this song. My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget His benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. See? What, why do you praise the benefits? They are all here. He redeems and so on. It's all there. Now, praising God, and I've told you, it's about having uh, a story, remembering the joy of your salvation, and then it's about having a repository of story, Deep inside you, it's like having a reservoir of witness. That's why preachers say, can I have a witness? You want to know why sometimes when, when the preacher says, can I have a witness? Nobody has a witness because we're not, we don't have a repository, a reservoir of witness, of testimony in us to just pour out. But church, I want us to grow into the kind of Christians who develop a deep reservoir of witness of God's goodness. You have seen, you have not just seen, you have seen much. You have seen much pain, but you have seen even more healing. You have seen much hurt, but you have seen even more goodness of God overcome that hurt. And that requires us to store up. Every reservoir requires a storing up. Every reservoir requires a, a building up and a, and a faithful uh, accruing of not just your stories, but the language that God gives us so that we can keep on praising Him. Now, I want to show you and give you a few, a couple of resources. 
that I just discovered. So I can't say that I've been using this, okay? I've been using this for two days, okay? Because I discovered, actually, Athalia discovered them for me. She's like the best research assistant in the universe. Um, and she discovered it for me and she shared it with me. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so great. Now, there's this website called Seedbed. The link is coming, yeah, it's just come in the Zoom chat. So you can copy that out or like screen cap this or something like that. Seedbed is just amazing project. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm so uh, a while for it after discovering it right because if you click uh, what you can do is if you click the sounds you literally can pick any 150 sounds now remember I told you just now about translations and why they can be a little difficult right now what they've done is they have rewritten every sound so that it fits the metering and the timing so you can actually sing it you can put melody to it and you can sing it right so they've literally made all 150 sounds singable so at the top you will see the sound of the song that you want to put that, that, that you want to put into song so we just saw 103 we're gonna do it we're gonna look at 103 then it's been put the lyrics have been adjusted so that it fits the the hymn a famous hymn right and so now you can sing Psalm 103 it to the tune of Ode to Joy Ode to Joy is joyful joyful we adore thee God of glory Lord of love right and so they have done that for you so now you can sing Psalm 103 and sing, Bless the Lord my soul, let all that is within me bless his name. Bless the Lord my soul, forget not all his mercies to proclaim. Sing, sing the next one. He forgives all your transgressions. He heals all disease you face. He redeems your life forever from the pit with love and grace. Wow. Wow. And you can just go there and literally pick your favorite psalm and then see what famous hymn they can kind of like nudge it into. And you can turn it into a song. Or if you want to start memorizing a new psalm, right? Why don't you turn it into a song and start singing them? Because the psalms were made for singing. Amen? Amen? And that's how we remember, actually. That's how we remember. Now, um, if, if this appeals to the old hymnal in you, then it's so good, right? Um, uh, some of us grew up in an era outside of the old hymnals. You know, you're new to church and, 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 and you don't know anything about the old hymns and they sound like uncle, auntie music to you. It's okay, right? Because I discovered, now, the, the, the metering in seed bed largely is put to hymns. I discovered, oh, I'm going to stop saying I discovered. Thaler discovered for me, okay, another resource, okay, it's from the Free Church of Scotland. And they have turned literally all 150 Psalms into fully properly metered uh, 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 verses as well. In, in essence, very similar to what they've done in Seedbed, but they haven't put it to famous hymns, but they've just left it like that for you to just put melody to them. So if you're a songwriter, this is a great place to start, right? If you like to freestyle, uh, uh, um, uh, spoken word, this is a great place to start. If you just want to read it as rhyming poetry, this is a great place to start. So let's look at the next slide, right? Um, this is Psalm 1. Psalm 1, blessed is the one who turns away from where the wicked walk, who, do not, who does not stand in the sinner's path or sit with those who mock. Now, I wasn't sure if I was going to do this, but I think I'm just going to try. I'm going to try freestyle a melody to this, okay? Um, so I don't know what it's going to sound like, but I'm just going to try, okay? Um, let's go. Um, Blessed is the one who turns away from where the wicked walk, who does not stand in the sinner's paths or sit with those who mock. Instead, he finds God's holy law, his joy and great delight. He makes the precepts of the Lord his study day and night. He prospers ever like a tree that's planted by a stream, and in due season yields its fruits in leaves are always green. Not so the wicked, they are like the shaft that's always that's blown away. They will not stand when judgment comes or when the righteous stay. It is the Lord who sees and knows the way the righteous go. But those who live an evil life, the Lord will overthrow. Hey, it works. Guys, it works, right? Right? And let's just try this. Go home and try this, right? Let's, let's move along. Let's move along. First point, right? Praise comes from a reason. Second point, praise comes from an overflow. 
And I think I've started this already. If you saw Pastor Ramesh anywhere between between uh, 9.30 and, 9, and 10 o'clock, you see that our brother today is a picture of overflow, right? Even when Pastor Ramesh prays today, he's overflowing, right? Because uh, you just put a pinprick to him and two, three psalms will come out, right? And so, and so praise comes from an overflow. And there are a few things in our Christian life that comes from an overflow, okay? One is praise. Two is evangelism comes from an overflow. I can't force you to evangelize on that, by the way. I can't force you to share Jesus. And if you memorize the formula, it won't work, okay? Or it might. It might kind of like semi-work, right? But it's, it, to, to, to even speak about it in language of work and doesn't work, it's, it makes me feel like we're on the wrong trajectory, right? Sharing about the gospel must be an overflow thing. Same thing for praise. Praise comes when there is just so much in you that it just spills out. That's one way to express praise. So let's, let's take a look at Psalm 150. This is the last of all the Psalms. Right? The, and, and, and it sounds like this. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. And I know... If you, grew, if you grew up in church, you, it, it, you are moving already and you're singing, all the earth, praise Him, right? You're tapping your feet, right? Uh, praise Him with the blast of His ram's horn. Praise Him with harp and lyre. All the earth, praise Him, right? Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and flute. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Gosh, is there not an overflow here? It's such an overflow that everything is praising Him. And one thing after another, after another, is just spilling over in praise. And I want you to see this because you may not have caught it if you read it too fast. Everything that He described prior to verse 6 does not have breath. Harp and lyre does not have breath. Ram's horn does not have breath. Until you blow through it, that's not its breath. It's your breath. Tambourine and dance does not have breath. Strings, flutes, cymbals, clashing cymbals. But where is the praise rising from? The praise is rising from those who have breath. So when you have breath and you praise the Lord, it overflows out of you and then everything starts to praise. Everything starts to take on a voice to exalt the goodness of God. Why? Because it began with the one who had breath to open its mouth, his and her mouth, and to shout a praise and say, My God is so good. I was trapped in darkness and He led me into everlasting life. And suddenly, you know what? We are praising God and the microphone is praising God and then your symbols are praising God and everything starts praising God and then all of creation. And that's what it means when Jesus says that if you Pharisees won't praise me even the stones will rise up to praise me because it begins with let everything that has breath start praising the Lord and suddenly the rocks will be become an instrument of percussion and everything gives rise to a praise before God amen that's what overflow looks like. And another thing that overflow looks like is not just from us to inanimate objects. It happens between us and each other. When I praise and I'm in a spirit of praise, when I'm in, when I'm in a joyful mood and I shout a praise, when I'm down in the pits and I find it in myself to praise, it affects and infects all the people around us. A good infection, a good virality is that when we praise and others praise along with us. And that's why, and that, and that's why there are Psalms like the next one I'm going to show you, right? Oh, for this one, I'm going to get you guys to work, okay? If you're in physical church, I'm going to make you guys work. You guys know the Chris Tomlin song? His love endures forever, right? He is good, he is above all things. His love endures forever, right? And then it becomes a call and response, okay? It becomes a call and response. So I'm going to get the physical church here to shout, His love endures forever, okay? One, two, three. Online, can you all hear them, right? Okay, if they are not loud enough, just shout and raise your hand so they can see you over the, the spotlight. Uh, church, physical church, every time I raise my hand, you're going to say? Faster. Psalm 136. 
Oh, you guys mati already. Mati already. By the fourth time, you're like, oh, punch it already. Come on. Come on. Hey, so 10 verses, okay? You have to keep this up at least 11 times, okay? okay 10 times, right? Ready? Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of hosts. To Him alone who does great wonders. Who by his understanding made the heavens. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights. The sun to govern the day. The moon and stars to govern the night. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. The one who led me out of addictions. The one who helped you to go through grief. Come on, church. Do you see what happens when we have a praise? It overflows from one person to another, to another. And suddenly, we are all singing the songs of praise. Amen? And that's great. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic that we can walk into a gathering and then start to lift each other's spirits and then collectively we all walk out. Collective thinking, huh? We're, we don't want to think as individuals all the time. Like, like maybe, maybe we, are, we think like individuals too much. We walk into a church as a people and maybe all collectively a little dampened. We all walk out being able to see the deliverance of God. And that's why we have to pray Psalms. Now, I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to be real straight with you. And this leads me to my next point. There are going to be days when you don't have a praise in your heart. There are going to be days when you are feeling so blue, so down, and you're either going to turn to the laments, which is a perfectly valid place to turn to, or you might find a will to praise God in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the suffering. And it's not that one is more right than the other, Right? And I'll deal with the laments next week. But praise comes from a will to praise. If you sat there and you refuse, you nyang and refuse to praise and follow me in what I was doing just now, you fold your arms and you go, nope, I'm not going to do this. This is stupid. I knew why I didn't want to go to church. Pastor always makes us do all these stupid collaborative things. It's dull, it's stupid, it's daggy. I'm not going to do it, right? I can't make you. I, nobody can make you. Okay, and it's fine. It's fine. If you know, it's fine. It's cool. Just sit. Just sit there and 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 and, and do your thing. It's it's okay. But there'll be many days when you don't have a posture to praise. Now I did this once with a, in a training session. I'm gonna get everybody here to fold your arms, fold your arms, and you at home, everybody at home, fold your arms. Okay. And then just cock your head backwards a little bit, the way you imagine an arrogant aloof person would okay and if you just have if it comes naturally to you i know you'll just kind of like ro rotate your head just that little bit because you're like hmm, right okay and now i want all of us at home huh? you're doing this huh? okay i want all of us to sing give thanks to the lord sing sing <laughs> our god and king his love endures forever tighten your arms huh? for he is good he is above all things. His love endures for. It's not working out, that guys. Okay, you know it's not. It's not gonna work. I'm gonna tell you one thing. How you posture your body is gonna affect how your heart is gonna be postured. I, I'm not kidding you, and you know I'm not kidding you because you just experienced it. You just can't. Right? A few moments ago, you guys are like whooping and enjoying and your feet were, 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 were rocking, you know? And then now I meet you like this and you suddenly feel so cold-hearted and you feel like such, you feel like, oh, I cannot. You just cannot. You know why? You cannot. The posture of your soul and the posture of your body, those two are not... And I just discovered the, the, the ancient Hebrews don't have a separation for soul and body. They just don't. To them, it's me. I'm just an integrated human being. That's just all there is. It's the Greek. It's Platonic thinking that separates the soul and the body. We're not like that. We shouldn't be like that. And so we should know that the way you hold your body during worship, during church, during sermon, when you talk with your boss, when you talk with your, with your staff, how you posture your body will affect how you speak. It will affect the authenticity of how you speak. That's mind-blowing. Because I used to think that I can hold whatever physical posture I can and it's about what's in my heart. It's not. 
just about what's in your heart. How you, uh, how you posture your body affects how you are. And there'll be days when you're so crushed. And I want to encourage you to find it in you to just drop your heads, lift up your hands and just say something to the Lord because your body is going to help you. There'll be days when your heart can't lead you. And you need your body to take the lead sometimes and then see where, where, where the Lord can take with that. And some days you're going to need to find a will to praise. I'm going to show you this Psalm 71. I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but it's going to begin with a lament, right? Be my rock and my refuge, verse 3, right? I need to go to you. Give me the command and save me. Save me. He's in trouble. You are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, my God. Not the kind of praise Psalms that we were reading today. For the hand of the wicked, the grass, and then suddenly he says, from birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. And verse 6 is really this guy crying, 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 and then he breaks into song and his cry in his song is, your praise will ever be on my lips. Ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on mine. It's not, he's not triumphant at all. He's broken when he says, Your praise will ever be on my lips. And then he goes on. Next slide. He keeps crying. I have become a sign to many that you are a strong refuge. My mouth is filled with praise. Don't cast me away. And then he starts to, to beg God for deliverance. Verse 14, as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. And then as he praises God, he praises God more and more. Verse 15, just look at the red. Because red is when he starts praising. Now he just lets rip. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts. This is how we, trans we are transferred out of our daily walking into kingdoms of darkness again into the kingdom of the beloved son. We are transferred through a will to praise him. And now he's just praising, right? And he takes a little break. Verse 20, he says, Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter. Next slide. He continues to praise him, right? I will praise you with the harp for your faithfulness and he goes on right everything every part of him he starts overflowing my lips will shout for joy i will praise you i whom you have delivered my tongue will tell of your righteous acts all day long my friends i'm sharing this with you today with as much of of truth and reality as we can because we know that we worship not just in truth we worship in spirit and in truth we worship not just in spirit but we worship in spirit and in truth we need to realize and know that the truth is there will be days when you won't find it in you and it's okay and you'll hear it next week to turn to the laments and just cry and some days it's good to just have a good cry and some days it's good that if your cries can lead to an ever be on my lips, if your cry can lead to, oh, praise in a brokenness, oh, praise the name of the Lord our God, let that be forevermore, for endless days we will sing your praise, oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. You know, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, as supper was going on, they gathered and sang a hymn. Remember that? As they were doing their supper, as they finished everything, they sang a hymn. Before Jesus went to Gethsemane, they sang a hymn. We're going to take communion right now. If you have your communion emblems at home, I will encourage you to have them in front of you. It is April. It's the first first weekend of the month. And today, we want to remember that our God, our God has delivered us. Remember, the praise is not about the praise. The praise is about the reason beneath the praise. And the reason beneath the praise is that He has saved us. He has lifted us out of darkness into marvelous light. The praise is that He has rescued us out of slavery through the waters of death, out of it so that we are live on the other shore we have a good praise to give my friends as we partake of communion I want you to remember your own salvation your own salvation 
from not knowing Jesus or your own salvation from some kind of grief and darkness and bitterness and wound and, and, and trouble, whatever that salvation may be, whatever that saving hand that reached into, into drowning waters and lifted you up, whatever is that salvation, praise Him for it. The Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, took bread. And after He had given thanks, He said, This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you. Today we can do this in remembrance of you, remem remembering you, remembering your salvation, remembering first, first our darkness, our doom, our certain death, to the death we should have died. We remember that. And then we remember your hands plunged into drowning waters and saved us, lift us lifted us out out of the kingdom of darkness into marvelous light. And for that, we say, God, you are good. You are so, so good to me. Father, we thank you for your body broken for us. We partake of this in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name, amen. After supper had ended, he took the cup and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant, a new promise, a new and perfect covenant I cut now with you. Do this as often as you gather in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you for the cup that represents the blood of Jesus that saved us, the blood of Jesus that cleansed us, the blood of Jesus that gives us life, the blood of Jesus that gives us freedom. We thank you, Lord God, for this blood which cleanses us of all our sins, all our brokenness, all our filth, whatever it is that we came before you with that made us unworthy. You cleansed us and you made us worthy. Oh, thank you, Lord. For that, we can say, you are good. You are so good to me. Let us partake of this cup together. Lord God, let our hearts rise up. Let our repository of praise be deep and honest and true. And for endless days, may we dwell in the house of the Lord forever, singing praise to you, giving shouts to you, acknowledging that you are the best news ever. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His countenance toward you and grant you shalom. And all of God's people, shout aloud praise and say Amen. Come on. Come on, church. Praise the Lord. He is so good. He is so good. He is so, so good.